The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by Alt Playground. APG is more than just a place to find couples to swap with. Alt Playground is a lifestyle community for all non-monogamous and sexually adventurous people to connect and share. And you know I started a profile. Join me over at altplayground.net. That's A-L-T playground.net. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. In honor of the new NFL season, I want to give a shout out to all you cowboy cucks, you jag off jets, and all of the titty fucking titans. This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Mm, yeah. You like those? Do anyone understand any of those terms I said? How about the lusty lions, the, the slutty Seahawks, the jizz and giants? No, anyone? The Cleveland Steamers? You know, if, if you're an OBJ fan, that wasn't cool. You know, th- there's no need to like out someone's fetish and then just broadcast it all over TMZ and shit. Pun not intended. Who gives a shit if Odell Beckham Jr. likes skin, you know, having a hot women take a dump on his chest? Who gives a fuck? All I care about is, is he going to catch the damn ball? I it, There's no editorial value of us knowing his fetishes. He hasn't. Sp- Anyways, if you don't know what those letters OBJ means, it means you do not follow the sports ball. And that's OK, because you're more on. I know. I know who my fans tend to be. <laughs> no matter how many thousands of listeners I may have, the Fan Whore Fantasy Football League just barely has enough people, except this year. Uh, but hey, everyone, this week on the show, I've got on writer Zachary Zane in what is probably like the most bisexual episode we've had in quite some time. So I'm really excited to share him with y'all in a bit. Uh, but first, folks, it has been, uh, I'm celebrating one full month of posting to to the OnlyFans, and in just one month, <laughs> this guy right here, you know, with with my body situation and this whole face thing going on, uh, I got as high, I climbed as high as the top 7.5% of creators on the platform, and, you know, I mean, I didn't do it, like, we did it, it's a collective effort, like, I post the hot stuff, you provide the dollars, and together, we rise through the ranks, so... <laughs> Wow, you know, unexpected. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but it's been pretty cool. It's even more unexpected because it's a free page to follow. You know, you can look at co- quite a few hot stuff there without paying a dollar. Uh, but but it has been, you know, nice being paid to show off to some generous dudes and being paid to flirt and sext with some really cute ladies. And I'm just having a lot of fun there. And not for nothing, very body validating. Because if you're a longtime listener, you know my whole disordered eating sitch and how I feel about what I look at in a mirror. And I, you know, at right now, I cannot rationally hate on my body because my body, naked, has been bringing in this much dollars. So, like, I can irrationally hate on my body, but I cannot, with a rational mind, say that I'm not sexy because I'm getting, like, too much financial validation for it. And, uh, well, that's, in a weird way, kind of beautiful, people. 
So uh, I just want to give a little update over there. Want to follow me on the OnlyFans, on the OnlyPans, the Lonely Pans, the Pelosi fans? I am uh, at Call Me Billy. Come find me over there. Uh, which is a weird slight segue into the emails portion of the show uh, because this this first one I'm going to play for you. I'm going to play you an audio email. A, uh, a lady I have been having some fun flirting with uh, from OnlyFans sent a, we'll call it a pseudo angry email to another podcast called Keith and the Girl where she first discovered me. And uh, let's just go ahead and play. Let's just go ahead and play that email. Hey, how is everyone doing? I'll go first. I'm doing bad. Too long didn't read. I'm a successful sex worker who paid Billy fucking Prasita for pictures of his dick. I'd just like to lodge a formal complaint slash thank you for introducing me to the comedian Billy Prasita. So recently, after following Billy's socials, I started to develop an inexplicable crush. I followed him on OnlyFans, a platform that we both happen to use to take men's money in exchange for dirty content. And because I'm a good sex worker supporter, and he's kind of hot in a weird way I can't explain, I start commenting and liking his posts on Instagram. All of this leads up to one evening when he posts an obvious leading question to drain wallets about who his Instagram followers have a crush on. I say him, we flirt back and forth a little, and then he fucking beat me at my own game. He guided me over to OnlyFans and asked me to pay to see his cock. I was so fucking pissed off because I usually charge $7 to look at someone's dick pics, but I fucking did it like a bitch. I paid for Billy's cock. Then it happened again. Twice. I'm not proud of my actions. I can't explain my actions. I would absolutely shamefully do it again, and I hate that about myself. But the guy makes quality content. I'm not sure what the moral of the story here is. Um, support independent sex workers? Question mark. Masturbate before you message a person? Question mark. Never trust comedians? Question mark. But I'm really grateful to your show for giving me a wonderful story that I can never tell my grandchildren. All the best, and fuck you signed (laughs) oh making women angry for paying me to see me naked is a bop uh my my other email that i'm gonna read today is not nearly as self-indulgent i don't think i'll ever have anything as self-indulgent as that one all right this next email comes from jesse jesse writes hey billy just wondering what your take is on age differences in relationships I guess my question is, would an age limitation be a valid boundary within a polyamorous relationship? Is it more case by case? Are we expected as open-minded people to lean more towards the philosophy of age is just a number? I know this could be a broad topic for sure, but I've never heard much discourse on it. Would love your insight. Thanks, Jesse. Uh, well, first off, I don't I don't think anyone should love to hear my insights. I, I think at best... Someone should be resigned to accepting my insights, but whatever. Here we go. Jesse. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to take a shot in the dark here. I'm going to assume that this whole thing has to do with one of your male partners. Who's like your age or older and, and uh, he like has a partner or partners that are college aged or in their early 20s. Gonna just take a guess, because that really seems like to be the only configuration that truly consistently causes tension and discomfort, right? Uh, we think about the you know, creepy older guy with the college aged girls, seems to put people off. 
just guessing. I could be wrong. Uh, Jesse, anything can be a boundary. Anything. Because a boundary is really more about your discomfort. Rules of a relationship don't necessarily have to address everyone's boundaries all the time, because that's sometimes impossible, right? Because if people have different comfort levels, right? So anything can be a boundary. And also anything can be a rule if everyone agrees to it. So like, yes, uh, you can propose this type of a rule and like any rule, it can be negotiated and uh, any rule can then be one that causes someone to not be in this relationship anymore. Like, for example, I told Megan to ask me before she fucks another comedian. And if she feels that that's too controlling, she can counter or she can say no way. And then I have to decide if I'm ready to let her walk away to maintain my boundary via this rule. That goes for any of the rules that you want. So having said that, I don't think it's really fair to like tell people to date within a certain age range. I think that's a little arbitrary and it's kind of like telling someone they can only date within a certain height range. Like, I don't know that it really is fair to tell him to do that just for you, even though you're not the one dating the person now. You could say this, and I think you would have more of a a case here if this was a situation where like as a, as a polyamorous couple, you both want to date someone together, then it matters because now you're dating the person too. But I'm just saying like, look, so long as it's legal in that jurisdiction, society has deemed that sex allowable. And therefore I say, just let people do what's legal and consenting. Now you're also allowed to feel uncomfortable by the age of his partner or partners. And depending on your level of discomfort, you can stay in the relationship, you can leave the relationship. Now, are you asking me if it's a red flag? Could be, could be, or could be a coincidence. You know, for example, I will always choose a 45-year-old over her 25-year-old, you know, younger self. Always, hands down. But like, that doesn't mean I don't end up hooking up with 25-year-olds here and there. There are more of those 25-year-olds in the dating pool then 45-year-olds who are also having casual sex and or are open to non-monogamy. Polyamory isn't like a super new term, but it's a new, it's like new to the mainstream. So the higher you go in age, the more people will respond to polyamory like TikTok. Like, huh? I think I get it. You know, younger people are just entrenched in this new terminology and inclusive language and new relationship models. You know, they're showing to be more and more open to challenging the norms, whether that norm is monogamy, gender binaries, uh, you know, kink status, openly doing sex work, all of it. That's awesome. But again, that just means that I think the older you go, you're going to find less people who are available and open to non-monogamy or that are even doing casual sex. So part of this thing with this guy could just be who's on Tinder. Okay, because that's who's mostly on the apps. There's more of these younger people on a Tinder, a Bumble, a fuck, you know, some sort of fuck app. An all playground.net, maybe. You have to also remember that population doesn't get removed from the dating pool nearly as often when they land a significant other. Dot, dot, dot. Because they're poly, because they're non monogamous, right? Whereas in someone who's 45, find someone, finds a significant other, then is, unless they are also non-monogamous, are removed from the dating pool. So again, is this a red flag? I don't know. You know your guy better than I do. You know, like, has he said explicitly he prefers younger women? Does he just happen to 
always be with younger women? Like, are you the outlier? Or is the 22-year-old the outlier? And just every so often, he ends up on a date with a 22-year-old. Like, you're going to have to assess that situation for yourself. I didn't want to talk too much about older guys with younger women like as a topic because that wasn't the question. The question was, can you set it as a boundary? Yes. Is it fair to do so? Uh, But can you? Yes. And he can say that's not fair. And ultimately, he could choose not to accept that rule or boundary. Relationships, whether monogamous, polyamorous, whatever, the rules are always a negotiation. Don't be afraid to negotiate. Jesus, let's say you said like set an age range. You were like no one younger than 25 and he went back 22 and you shot back 23 and a half. And he's like, deal. That's that's a valid relationship negotiation. You know, th- that that's just how relationships are. Um, but good luck with that. And if you want to email your comments, your questions, your booby pictures, whatever, you can send all of that over to manwhorepod at gmail.com. And for this week's fan whore appreciation moment, we're going to give a couple quick shout outs right now to Brandon Tensley. Oh, uh, I always love you. Look, Brandon will totally get why I did that. The rest of you, I'm so sorry. I, I truly am. But Brandon, thanks for being a member. And I want to give a shout out to Emily Yates, the Enigma. Is she a photography influencer? A ukulele superstar? Do you just do everything? According to Google, there are a lot of Emily Yates's out there. I'm not really sure which one is you. Except I do know you're the one who's coolest as shit because you support the Man Whore Podcast on Patreon. So shout out to those two. Thanks for being members. And one more time, you can become a member for as little as $2 at patreon.com slash man podcast. Hope to see some of y'all on September 20th for our next man munch. All right, everybody, let's now get to my conversation with the fabulous and very by Zachary Zane. Okay, perfect. <laughs> no, it's all good. But I'll just say right now, I'm here with uh, with sexpert Zachary Zane. Hello, hello. Yes, uh, nice to see you again. Good to see you. Well, so now you, I was, to, I I asked like what your sitch was, and I was told by a mutual friend it like you had a partner or lived with somebody who and like, and he has like a wife. And then I asked you here, I was like, what's your status? And he said, uh, uh, single, we'll say. <laughs> single, we'll say. We'll say single. Um, no, no. But what you were referencing, I think, was from a while ago, actually. Oh. No, I'm single. I'm just currently dating around. And obviously, dating around is a uh, interesting thing to be doing right now with COVID. And I'm definitely not as... It's a, like I broke up with my last partner in October... And then usually after I break up with someone, I kind of go into a very nice slut phase for a mm. solid three, four months. And then after that, I'm like, okay, maybe I'd be down to at least, to at least just be open to the idea of dating and having right. serious dates. And that kind of phase happened in the middle of COVID. So now finally, like COVID's like, at least in New York, it's a little bit safer to go out. It's a little bit safer to meet mm-hmm. people. So finally, like this last few weeks, I'm like, I'm down to go on a date again, which I have not been on a date in... A year almost, oh, so that just seemed uh, exciting. Yeah, and and do I do you have any certain like personal protocols right now? 
in terms of meeting people or um, like covid wise or yeah yeah covid wise like in terms of uh you know who you would meet or not or under what circumstances you know i have a friend who she has it she won't see anyone unless they promise to quarantine for 10 days and do tests and then if everything worked out then maybe she'll fuck them and she still hasn't fucked any of the six guys she's talking to <laughs> she's talking to this poor man no um it's <laughs> At this point, not not really. I mean, the cases, I look at the like worldometers every day and I look at specific cases in mm-hmm. Brooklyn and it's down to like about like a hundred new cases a day and it's been like that for like six weeks. There are two point six million people who live in Brooklyn and you do that math, and I did this math, which is I know it's like a point zero zero three percent chance that you're gonna be getting it on a daily basis. So like I'm not going and fucking people on Grinder the way I usually would. I like, yeah. I guess that's what I was curious about. I was like, are you know, were you being as indiscriminate as a pre-core? No, 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 not definitely not as indiscriminate, but definitely significantly more than your friend, for example. Sure, sure. I think, and depending on who you talk to, because I still have friends who are like, you need to get COVID tested if we're going to hook up. If you've been seeing anyone, it's like, no, I'm fine if you've been seeing people. Um, if you've traveled out of the state, let me know. Like, mm-hmm. if you're taking care of your grandma, let me know. Are like, you going I, the parties? Um. It's me. I've gone to like birthday parties, but we go to a park. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Or like, but there's some stuff I've been like a friend's place and like, you know, there's slightly like they have a out patio and we try to stay outside on the patio, but we go in to get drinks on the inside. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, not that. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like if I hear someone's like going to like indoor birthday parties, that's no, I I haven't done. I haven't done that yet, but it's like I definitely am seeing people, but as outside as possible for sure. So what was the first? What was the first date or hookup? Also, um, try to keep your hand off of this oh. part. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Um, first date or hookup. Um, we were actually, this was, we were messaging on field and I, uh, we did like, a. the first one we did was like a mask date in a park and then you uh, did the mask date. We did a mask wow. date in the park, which was nice. And that really doesn't like. It's really not like we had, we set up a little picnic blanket and it was really cute. Oh no, we, sorry. We took off our masks when we were at the uh, picnic though. Okay. Sorry. When we were actually at the park, we took off the masks, but when we walk around, we have the masks and then we went to like an outdoor dinner, like with drinks and you take off the mask there. Um, but then it's like, this one guy, honestly, we've been messaging on Instagram for forever and we just like fucked like, which is like, <laughs> you know, like not necessarily great COVID caution, but he I was like, have you been seeing people? Is like, I've seen a few friends and I fucked a few people and I've been healthy and I'm like, okay, that's right now. Again, these numbers are low and this is not where I was two months ago and not mm-hmm. where I was five months ago. Yeah. We're talking about right now, right now in September. Yeah. That's, that's where we're at. Right. Yeah. No, that's where I am. It and sounds I'm, like you're more gut checky right now. The way almost like you kind of get like a gut check in any other situation. Yeah. You'd be like, what's just your deal? Like, are you an unsafe person? Are you a reckless person? Well, I know they're the sexier types, but like, yeah. you know, like you're just feeling them out. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like, cause it depends, you know, I'm very cautious about what I say with regards to this. Cause everyone just is quick. There's some people who, I feel like are very like have this moral superiority. And if you hooked up with someone right now, when cases are this low, you are part of the problem and you are terrible. And you, I'm like, also I'm like, fuck, I saw you on grinder, dude. So like, shut the fuck I mean, up. Like, <laughs> um, that, that was me for a while. Then I got a, and then I got a blow job outside of my car while, while I wore a mask. And I was like, you know, we can figure it out. It's, it's, you set up a hanging glory hole and then you, that works out and you go like, okay, there's ways to do this. I'm not going to poo-poo people. It's, yeah, there are ways to do it. And I think now it is significantly safer in New York than 
it is anywhere else mm. uh, like or not anywhere else in the u.s but a lot of other places in the u.s and um yeah i i think the way i see it now is like it, if cases start going up as gyms started opening up as schools start opening up if we do indoor restaurants and i see cases start going up to like where they were yeah i'm gonna not fucking mm-hmm. see anyone and i feel like there's a decent chance that happens so in the likelihood that that does happen I kind of want to have some fun now, <laughs> like while it is actually safe to do shit, because in case I have to go back into four months of not seeing anyone again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now what's the we'll see part of uh, I'm single, we'll see or we'll say what's the we'll say part? Well, it depends. <laughs> it's, it's always how people define single. And mm-hmm. I, it's so funny. I have a lot of like poly friends and they so casually use the word partner where it's just like if they're sleeping oh. with someone they're like yeah this is my partner versus i would just be like this is a fuck buddy this yeah. is a friend this is someone i see this is someone i sleep with and y- you don't know their birthday that's not a partner it's, that's- <laughs> and they and they say this and that's just a very poly mentality and i am ethically non-monogamous mm-hmm. i've been polyamorous i think at this point my ideal relationship status honestly people would define as poly but i would define as open mm-hmm. um like, I plan on having a partner, most likely a boyfriend, and then kind of friends I sleep with, people I hook up with, people we sleep with together, me and my partner. But, like, some people would literally just be like, that's hierarchical poly then, because you have your partner, your primary partner, and then if you have a friends with benefits, that's a secondary partner. Versus I just be like, no, this is a friend that I fuck, and I don't want to put them on a partner even level. And what's great is that they're showing their own bias by projecting that on you, because they automatically think a fuck buddy is less important than a romantic partner. No. Otherwise, they why would they think you think that? It's because they think that. It's I think that's what it is. And like, I know, it's always Dan Savage who's like, friends with benefits are friends first. Like, I treat these people with respect, and we're chill, yeah. and we're just friends who sometimes we fuck, and that's nice. And I feel like uh, calling it partner is not accurate for me and puts a different label and a different expectation on it versus, like, our expectation now is that we are friends first. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so via poly standards, it's like, oh, well, you're sleeping. You've been sleeping with multiple people for, let's say, a year. I mean, b- took breaks during COVID, but, like, you know, been seeing the same people for a year these are your partners i'm like i don't know if i see them once every six weeks and we kind of check like i don't know it just seems weird saying that so i usually i would just say i'm single and i'm currently dating people gotcha. it's kind of the way my i mean it's all semantics at this point but i think right. words have power <laughs> yeah yeah but i and i also t- i mean i don't know i still roll my eyes at you know partner and just only because i'm like we're not opening an llc like what's going on here um i i've also like i think it was i was denied like um having a girlfriend for like a, a large part of my uh development that like i still have that term on a pedestal where i think if i like dated more in high school and college i think i would have uh i would be like yeah partner whatever but for me i'm just like no i've always wanted this thing a girlfriend yeah, yeah. it's and there's something it depends who you date like i when i'm dating non-binary people we just mm. usually use partner just because it's like there isn't a label for right, it right right but usually, I, I like having a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I like having a girlfriend. And I don't necessarily think that in itself is exclusionary. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially when I date someone that is non-binary, we typically call each other partners because that is... I, I, I don't want to yeah. say boyfriend. I don't want to say girlfriend. They don't want that either. The first time you dated someone like romantically, like non-binary... Um you know, were you already familiar with that terminology and with those identities? Uh, yes. Um, 
because so much of what I do is write about queer identity mm-hmm. for a living. I, I just didn't know where in your timeline that partner was or that, you know, I also took like why. queer theory in college before gotcha. I came out. I went to Vassar, which is a very queer friendly school. So we had a really good understanding of gender and sexuality and the nuances and all that stuff. Um, but I end up dating a lot of non-binary people. I just feel like in a weird way for me, it does somewhat satisfy like a bisexual <laughs> aspect and that's not for everyone. I don't want to make it seem like if you're bi, you need to date a man and a woman or both. It's like, no, like I'm not perpetuating any fucking stereotypes. But like for me personally, I do like someone who is both highly masculine and highly feminine. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even though I tend to present more masculine, well, kind of, I don't know, in the way that I dress or maybe in my appearance. I think you have to shave at least some of this chest hair. Yeah. To claim the feminine. Yeah, right. But like, even though my appearance is more masculine, I think the way that I behave and act is both very highly, outside of appearance and performance, like both highly masculine and feminine. I'm very attracted to that in people. Yeah. I, I also tend to think of myself as like a more, I mean, I, I think I also embody some feminine qualities that have always made me not feel like like a man. Mm-hmm. And then uh, as I keep learning more and more about gender and the difference between gender and sex and all that, I go like, then I don't know what the fuck I am. That's what makes it um, kind of confusing. I, I think right now is everyone does have a slightly different definition of what certain things mean or what certain labels mean to them. I'm thinking in terms of like bisexuality versus pansexuality oh, versus yeah. fluid. You know, it's like even when bi and pan people can't agree on what what that means, I'm like, well, that's going to make it really confusing for people who are not bi and pan if we're not even agreeing amongst ourselves. So it's it, it definitely can be a little bit confusing. And th- there's good and bad of that, right? The, the good is that it is open um, and that you can kind of pick and decide for yourself and it's not limiting. Um, the bad is that sometimes you're not quite on the same page as people. Um, you don't quite understand what an identity means because when they say it, it can mean something different than when someone else says it. It also doesn't help when the uncle that you want to be more open-minded and use the words is like, I'm trying, but like you keep moving the target on me. It's And I understand the argument of being like, well, I'm not doing this to be Not accepted. that we have to appease the uncle. I'm just saying it doesn't yeah. help us get him on board. It, it doesn't. And, and I mean, there's the balance and I don't want to be like necessarily tone policing because I feel like mm-hmm. that's kind of what that would constitute as in a way it's like no you're allowed to embrace and be whatever you are um but yeah that might turn off the uncle and i think that's the truth um of that yeah 100 percent i i think uh you know my big thing is i keep not being sure it's like you know if if part of what feminism is is like getting rid of these traditional gender roles there's not supposed to be quote unquote like a man like a woman but then when i talk to people who identify as like genderqueer and 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 these other gender identities they kind of go like well it's just it's partly that it's they say it's not body dysphoria they're like i just don't feel like a boy or like a girl so i'm like i don't know which it is because like i feel like my like what i would use for myself would change based on that have you ever questioned what your gender identity would be where have you always felt comfortable um, as a man i'm okay with and this is different than other people i'm okay with expanding like what it means to be a man or what it means to be a woman so i think you can be in a very very effeminate man and be like yes i'm a man who embodies feminine qualities and that's kind of what it was up until more recently when you have these older kind of gay men who are very uh effeminate and flamboyant or whatever it was they'd be like yes i'm a man i'm a gay man or i was talking to this older woman 
recently who's like a butch bull dyke and she was like yeah i'm a proud lesbian woman but i feel like if i grew up today i would probably have transitioned and been transgender because i just have a better understanding of that now but she was like no i'm i'm a dyke and i am a woman i'm a very proud woman even though she's very masculine and so it's really whatever makes you feel comfortable but for me um yeah i'd be more comfortable being like i'm a more effeminate man Mm. uh but still i feel very comfortable in my body all right but did you ever go through like a question like as you start to learn all this queer theory and and all these terms like did you ever go hey well there's some new words out here like are any of these maybe a more right answer not for gender but for sexuality Mm -hmm. yes i mean with like bisexuality versus pansexuality versus fluid like the more information that came in the more for me it was actually the more confusing it was not helpful um i had this word bisexual that i'm like this works yeah um and then i was told like oh bisexuality perpetuates a binary that means you're not attracted to trans or non-binary people and i was like what that, that makes no sense i'm like first of all that makes no sense in terms of your argument for being trans because if trans men are men and trans women are women and you say i'm attracted to men and women then obviously i'm attracted to trans men and women so i'm like no that that doesn't even make any sense at all if your argument is therefore i'm not attracted to non-binary people because bisexuality perpetuates you know um this idea of two genders i was just like I, I don't know, and it's such a misnomer, I don't think I know, like, any people who identify as bisexual who are like, yeah, I'm only attracted to men and women and not non-binary people. Like, that doesn't even really exist in a way. So to be like, It's a yeah, weird whataboutism. It, it's what about? I'm like, I know we have a better understanding of gender now than we did 50 years ago, and probably we would have used the word pansexual as opposed to bisexual now. But it's just kind of these people who are now policing my identity uh, in a way where I'm like, this is a form of bi erasure from people who are also bi. And yes, they're claiming a pan label. And I'm completely fine with you claiming that label. Uh, Whatever makes you feel happy. But you can't come for me, someone who honestly, as the last two people I've dated seriously have been non-binary and be like, oh, it's it's yeah, it's um, exclusionary of non-binary people. Also, like it's. Yeah, it's also like, you know, my partners, they would never just be like, yeah, you're bi. Like, obviously, you like non-binary people. You know, so it's just, I don't know. It's a weird thing, and I want to be inclusive, and I am inclusive. But it sounds so tired. I mean, the first thing that I thought of when you said that it was confusing when this new word came out to to debate between with yourself, I was like, that's got to suck when, like, people don't think you exist, and you're just still just trying to figure out which word you got to be now. Yeah, and it's just like, I feel really comfortable with the bi label. I love the bi label. It took me years to embrace that and when i found it i felt comfortable i feel like it honors all like a lot of bi icons that came before me and then to tell me from other people who are attracted to multiple genders that no you you are being exclusionary i'm just like what the fuck like 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 i find that ridiculous um but I mean, now if you ask me, it depends who I talk to. I'll say I'm bisexual, I'm pansexual, I'm queer. Or often what I do is I'll say I'm bisexual, I'm attracted to all genders. Mm-hmm. So that way that kind of puts anything, that, that makes it very clear. Like, hey, I'm bisexual and I'm attracted to all genders. Makes it very clear I'm attracted to all genders, but I still use the word bisexual. Are you kind of code switching just to, based on who it is you're talking to? Sometimes, yeah. yeah and if you're and talking I, to a I, 21-year-old I've, college student in taking queer theory classes, you might say one way versus and, when you talk to the uncle. And I've stopped um doing that as much and still claiming the bi label even no matter who i speak to 
And I think I, I write so much about bisexuality for a living. And I yes, think you one, do. Yes, I do. <laughs> I said, uh, don't few words on here. A very, very bi. Yes. And, and poly and writer. <laughs> it's, but one thing I think we don't realize is bisexuals, like most of the messages I get from people whose lives I've changed are from men in their 30s and 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. And they were just like hey, you really helped me embrace the fact that I was bisexual and I've been married to my wife and we've been trying to figure this out now and what this means and it's caused me to be angry and sad and confused my whole life. I was denying the side of my identity. And that 50-year-old man who was Googling bisexuality would not have found me if I only wrote about pansexuality, if I only used this word. So the thing is, we have a word that exists that people use and that people search for and they're only going to be able to be part of this community if we use the language that people know identity via seo yeah i mean (laughs) yes that's kind of exactly what it is and like but yeah most of my messages are not from kids who are 18 because 18 year olds have a better understanding of sexuality than anyone ever fucking did i feel like beforehand and they have such a great knowledge it's amazing but the people i'm helping are significantly older and there's people who have been confused for 20 30 years and this is a word that they feel comfortable with because they know that it exists versus a completely new identity, pansexual. It does not resonate with them. Um, when did you f- first not feel so confused about wh- it all? When did I not feel so confused? Um, I was confused for a long period of time. Um, actually, I was in therapy after college and I've been hooking up, like getting hammered and blackout to hook up with guys for like five years. And... I don't. I thought I was straight, and then I would think I was gay. And everyone I knew in college that used every guy that used the label bi came out as gay shortly after. I didn't know anyone who had it as a stable identity. Um, no college student, by the way. I don't think any college students should be allowed to claim any identity. Straight either. No one. You don't fucking, <laughs> no one know. fucking know. You don't know. When you're 25, you can get car insurance and you can claim some identities. <laughs> then you're allowed to do it. But like, and I don't. I'm not mad at gay guys for claiming bi before claiming gay whatever you need to do to get to the point where you're comfortable but it did make it more confusing for me when the only understanding i had of bisexuality was gay men who used as a stepping stone but i was like talking to my brother and i was like you know i've been experimenting and he goes like i I experimented like a couple times in college uh you've been experimenting for five years at some point it is no longer experimenting my friend at some point this is a stable identity (laughs) and i like laughed and then i was like oh Oh, yeah, this has been going on a little bit too long to constitute experimentation. Um, But I was in therapy, but specifically sought out an LGBTQ therapist, which means clearly I thought something. It was like on the second session, I'd prepared my kind of like rant where I'm like, I'm confused. Like, I know I love women, but I keep on like hooking up with guys. And he kind of cuts me off. He goes, Zach, I I don't mean to cut you off. Uh, You sound like you're bisexual. Um, Am I missing something? Mm -hmm. And he said very nicely, and I respond, I'm like, does that shit even exist in men? And he replied, Zach, you're too smart to think that. Um, And through him, so the moment, honestly, I was granted permission to be bisexual or just knew that it was a valid and stable and real identity from a certified therapist, then like uh, things fell into place so quickly. I feel like within a few months after that, like I really was comfortable with my sexuality and my identity. And it wasn't necessarily a slow process to embrace i think i'd i guess my whole i was gonna say 10 years but really my whole life of confusion up until this point up until i was like 22 23 do you remember like the one some of the earlier memories of there being confusion 
Yeah. I'm not, and I'm not even saying like being into girls and then thinking you might be into boys because, you know, you could have, you know, you've talked to people who say, I've known I've been into boys since I was five. And then maybe they realize later than the girls. Do you just remember like when there was first a conflict in yourself? Um, I, I think for me, what it was is I was very like classically gay in mannerisms growing up, just like high pitched voice, limp wrist. Like, always wore, like, gaudy jewelry. Like, you'd look at this five-year-old and be like, oh, that kid's fucking gay. Like, like 100%. And, like, and it was, my brother's actually home right now with my parents. And he was looking at, like, old bar mitzvah videos and seeing me when I was, I'm the younger brother, but, like, talking. And I'm, like, talking in this voice. And I was just like, was, yeah, like literally over the top. And I, so I'm like, was I always this gay? And he was like. Yeah, I'm confused too. Like, I, I don't remember being like always oh, this over the top. And I'm like, how did we not know? Like, this this makes no sense. But so I always had effeminate mannerisms and always joked for being gay for as long as I can remember. But like, it was I always knew I liked women. I always had crushes on women. But like, it's I'd find myself like attracted to men, but in a way where I was just like, oh, but it's. You know, I can acknowledge that this guy is hot, but then it's like, okay, you're like 11, and you're starting to get boners, like looking at guys, and I'm like, well, that's a little weird, but also I'm 11, and I get a boner looking at anything, so like, who? It's like you're able to rationalize it, and I think it would have been so much clearer if I was only into guys, but mm-hmm. when I'm like, I knew I loved women, I knew I was attracted to women, and so these kind of fleeting things with guys, I was able to push down real um, quickly or rationalize in in a way. Um, yeah, I think that answers your question. Yeah. I you know, do you think be um you know, when it comes to sexual orientation is action as important as what's going on internally? No. You know, when you talk about people who like truly do experiment and have done X Y or Z. I mean, some people try to tell me that like I should probably like I don't agree with this, but someone's like, well, you dated a gender queer person for X amount of time, or you've hooked up with this person who's non-binary. They all have vaginas, but it's like, uh, they go like, well, you should identify more like queer. And I'll be like, I don't know about that. I'm just, I'm really in the pussy. Yeah. Uh, and if there's not facial hair attached to it, like I can figure it out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's also like, there's certain times where like, um, I know I was writing this piece recently for like uh, the sex advice column I write at Men's Health called Sex Explain It, and it was from a guy who was dating um, his wife at the time for like seven, eight years, and she recently came out as uh, trans and as a man, and they're gonna start uh, transitioning. And the guy who messaged, he's like, "Am I gay?" And so they're actually gonna stay. Am I gay now? Yeah, like they're actually gonna stay together. And so now his husband, his partner, uh, wants to still be with him. Mm-hmm. And he is just like, "Yeah, I love this person. Whether it's my wife or my husband, I love them, and I want to be with them. And this doesn't bother me." But he was just like, "I don't like. I I I would be straight if it was not for this one person that I'd fell in love with and still care for. And I feel like it's not." accurate to say i am gay or bisexual or like part like i'm really not a part of the queer community i am an ally to the queer community but i feel weird saying i'm straight especially now that i'm literally married to a dude um and i just kind of replied being like yeah i think you're fine to identify as straight but talk to your partner because if you kind of over reaffirm it you might be invalidating their transitioning and being um, you know, being a man. So if you keep on going out, being like, I'm straight and keep on saying I'm straight when you have a husband, like, like I'm right here. Like, yeah, like that would make them feel shitty. Yeah. And that's not what you want to do. But it seems like you're 
husband really loves you and cares you and still wants to be with you, which means you're affirming their gender identity right mm-hmm. now. So I think, you know, you can be straight, but just be chill. Yeah, <laughs> be, chill. Be, be, be chill about it and don't be fucking annoying. And also, you know, talk to your partner now and see like how they feel about it for sure. Well, but Jesus, I'm one for three on those. I'm definitely not chill. I'm very annoying. Yeah. So I, but I can talk to a partner. There we go. Uh, I, I had that happen. The exact scene, the exact scenario uh, basically happened with when you talk about how to still identify and not also invalidate my ex Shay. They came out as genderqueer, like in the middle of the relationship Shay from playscapes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I probably shouldn't have. Uh, so. That's okay. Yeah. Shay's Shay's been on the show. Okay, uh, yeah. You know, a tough episode. Lots of tears. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. Uh, you know. Oh boy, that one. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> well, so you know, like Shannon comes out as Shay to me when we're in bed, um, and like I'd already like called them, you know, things like handsome and stuff sometimes because they were rocking a shorter haircut eventually, mm-hmm. and this I could sense like they kind of wanted to be called some other things, so I would just kind of like say that, and then they kind of come out and for me like the term girlfriend was like still really really important to me at Mm -hmm. the time so it was like like for my identity as someone who still identifies a straight guy i was like i want to be able to refer to you as my my girlfriend and i will tell people and i will use your pronouns and i will use the new name and i will make sure no one thinks that you are a girl but you know it was weird trying to figure out how to still identify the way I identified and then also validate them constantly. Like when I, you know, there was a lot of conversation, a lot of talking to the partner, a lot of making sure of like, what can we both be comfortable with? I think we both compromised a little bit in a way, you know, like I'm going to say daddy and handsome and use some words that like, I am not used to saying sexually. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm going to be, that's okay because I love you. And I also, and I also genuinely saw it in them. Like, cause like, you know, I started seeing the boyness and the girlness, you know, at different times. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, you know, it seemed like they were able to compromise on the one thing I needed and I don't know, but it's a, it's a, it's a hard conversation. It's, and I think especially if you don't follow all this stuff, you don't follow it. And also making sure that it is, but both of you need to be validated yeah. too. Um, and it's like, it's not necessarily just the non-binary or trans person. I think when I initially wrote the draft of this piece, I was really about affirming, making sure that this guy affirms his now husband's, mm-hmm. um, gender identity and in almost in a point when then when i rewrote it i'm like i'm really asking this guy to sacrifice you know like himself in a way it's like no no no. like there there can be a balance and you mm-hmm. both can be affirmed it's not necessarily just about one of the partners yeah shay could have been like i really don't want you to call me a girlfriend and i'd be like okay but then like and then and then the answer is then you might break up and or, that, or i, I might ask for something else it was more like don't don't pile on too many you know, it's like, yeah. okay, maybe can I just call you daddy a little less often in bed? Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, like, where can we kind of give and take there so we can both feel, you know, affirmed and comfortable? And if you, and I also, by the way, saying all this, I don't know if I'm right in all, anything I'm saying. I'm just, that's just the experience no, of what I had. I, no, I think, I, I think, I mean, oh, no matter what, your experience is valid. But no, I think it's right. I think it's finding that compromise and that balance. But also I was just being like, and if you can't, then you break up. Yeah. If you're in a place where you're just like... No, I am straight, and I feel weird having a husband, and I still love you, and I want you to be happy, and um, then then no, and, and that's kind of that on that, but I mean, I wish I could follow up with the people I give advice to. I mean, I guess right? I could. I do have their emails, but like, that's not quite how it works, but just be like a year later, be like, hey, so like, how are things going? Did this, uh, did this work out? That, um, by the way, is a great podcast Yeah. to 
follow up with this the advice yeah i gotta make sure i keep all the if you need a producer on that like yeah because that sounds i that sounds really fascinating because now there's the personal aspect it's not just about checking in on them you're checking in on your advice to them yeah i need to make sure i have a list of (laughs) the questions and the people i've answered in their emails and i can follow up with them a year later um note to self i will start doing that (laughs) how long have you been given sex advice um in for men's health i mean i've been there in general well i've been their sex and relationship writer Mm -hmm. uh at men's health the last uh year um but i was always writing about kind of queer sexuality with men's health i write much more about straight sexuality but also i really love that they give me an opportunity to write more queer content and i think it's huge to do that at a more traditionally straight publication um but i've always been writing about sex and doing that but the actual like the advice column came about during covid maybe like three months ago and that's just more instead of giving information or talking about something it's right like, but I'm you've answering been a question yeah but you haven't like not been given like, it's, it's not like no one's ever asked you for sex advice before three or four months ago you know yeah. what i mean i mean yeah, i, I mean i, I mean it, but it's, this is like in a official capacity okay uh i'm officially answering people's questions on the record kind of things like that but you know i've been you, as a, you wouldn't get hit with like advice questions from your writing like someone like reads an article you wrote. Yeah, and and, and, and like, I would respond yeah. to them if I get a shit ton of them, and yeah. it's also I'm not getting paid for it, and I love my fans, and I'm going <laughs> to do that. But you know what I mean. But it's also like most of the time, like you should probably see a therapist. Like I'm not this this person, and also if you kind of respond sometimes, th- then they want to have like an ongoing conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, dude, like I really am not a therapist. Um, no, but I, I mean I've been doing that for a while, and I think when you just are a sex and relationship writer, um, you have a better understanding of obviously sex and relationships you're good at giving advice yeah i mean does it feel like almost fraudulent at times to be like uh i get i'm yeah like i said before the actual gig you know the first time like you know when people start give like asking for advice you're like fucking me (laughs) or were you just always like i i know no and i don't and even now i don't pretend to know everything and i'm very open about that and i always only answer the questions in the advice column that i feel comfortable answering and know that i can give solid advice on there's certain stuff where i'm like i'm not sure obviously not going to have that be the column this week you know what i mean (laughs) but for the most part i've definitely gotten more comfortable in the role and um i mean you just start the more you do it the more you start to see patterns of people and behavior and realize you know there really are like a variation of like 12 or 15 situations that happen to everyone in some form you know it's everyone's coming and there's only like three answers for all of them (laughs) exactly it's not like very rarely do you have someone coming to you with something where you're just like fuck i haven't heard that um i don't know how dan savage has been able to keep that podcast going this long just because i'm like i feel like you should be out of questions (laughs) it's i'm sure he's re-answered the same questions fifty thousand times and I really pride myself in this sex column to make sure I answer questions that um, have not been asked or if or if it's a very like interesting situation, kind of like the one I described, mm-hmm. or I'm giving them advice that they would not get elsewhere. So I'm just – because there's so much content that's out there. I'm like, I don't want to be repeating content. So mm-hmm. I want to make sure it's completely different. And I feel like maybe because I've only done now – do it once. I think we've done like 15 or 16 so far. Maybe I'm at a point right now where I'm like, yeah, we can keep going. Who knows if I get to, you know, around 200, (laughs) 300. I'm like, okay, we're going to start repeating shit. Mm -hmm. But at least for now, and a lot of the questions I was answering were specific to COVID, Mm -hmm. uh, which offered um, automatically something new and different because no one had been experiencing this ever before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so going back to, you know, 
figuring out the confusion with yourself, you go to this therapist and you were like, mm-hmm. I've got permission. And you were like, everything fell into place. What, what does that look like for you? Well, okay. That made it seem like it was super fucking easy. No, after no, that, not, not, not easy, but just like, you know, having this new clarity, it, it seems like things got. Th- things, well, it's just like when you don't know who you are, that is really, really difficult. Um, and I'd spent all these nights just, I always describe it like a, like a, ai robot that just like gained consciousness but it's like what am i it's like like i just was so confused and didn't know like i wanted to date i wanted to be loved i wanted to love someone but i'm like i don't even know whether i'm supposed to date men or women like i can't even go on a date and if i do go on a date i can't enjoy it because i'm overthinking i'm like do i even like this gender like should i even be here right now like and it even made sex difficult because i'm like am i enjoying this do i think i enjoy this and i was just over analyzing everything to no end so when now, and kind of the over analysis stopped and I was able to be like, okay, let me now explore. Let me explore. Let me go on an official date with a guy, which mm-hmm. I had, you know, never done. I'd been hooking up with guys and getting blacked out and having unprotected sex. And hey. I'm very lucky that, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just very lucky that nothing bad uh, happened. Um, but yeah. Um, Was the sex with the, the men post permission like how did that differ uh, differ? besides the fact that you were blackout for some of them it's like how did it differ from the hookups with men pre yeah i mean it was still it took a moment to like finally get comfortable and get used to it it was still like this is fucking weird even though i came out as bi and knew i was bi it was still like I remember like kissing this guy and getting like his beard hair in my mouth and being like, I don't like this. I don't, I don't like this. But like, um, but also like, it's not that I don't like this. It was just such yeah. a foreign thing. Um, and then it just kind of like stops. I don't know. Like you, you get used to it. You have a little bit of practice. You feel more comfortable. And there's certain guys, at least for me, that made me really feel comfortable with men where you kind of have this experience and you have a great sexual experience and this really great sexual connection and whether or not that is a connection that lasts for a single night or a weekend or if I end up dating them for a year or whatever but there were I think there were certain men that I dated that then made me feel really comfortable with the other men that I dated Mm -hmm. um yeah and family was like all on board I I lucked the heck out um I have like gay siblings. Uh, no, not gay siblings. My both of my parents have gay siblings. Okay. So my mom has like two gay brothers out of the three. My dad has one gay brother out of his one brother. So like, so I everyone's did, just like, yeah, everyone. It was very chill. And when I actually came up to my parents, not on purpose, I was not ready going to come out. And I was with my dad and mom. It was twenty uh, Thanksgiving, twenty fourteen. Um, so almost six years ago, and my dad is talking to like he's talking to me about like my life in boston you're still trying to figure out that math i'm how old are you i'm 29 okay okay continue i'm 19 how are you well i always i mean there's a total side tangent that no one will get they'll probably have to cut but i always assumed that you and melissa were older than me because of the way you carried yourselves and how professional both of you are so like when melissa told me how much younger younger than me (laughs) yeah so when i found out she was like that much younger than me i was like oh fuck i gotta work on myself (laughs) (laughs) i gotta get my shit together (laughs) i'm sorry continue uh, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, Melissa's the fucking best. Um, but 
Sorry, what were we talking about? Sorry, you were, so you looked out with the parents. They were kind of like, oh, can yeah. you get off the table? Like, we're on board. But, Just come down. <laughs> but so I was there and was having, like, lunch with my parents. And my dad was like, so you got, like, a lot of gay friends. I'm like, where the fuck is this going? I'm like, yes. He's like, no, and you're always going out to gay bars. I'm like, yeah. They're holding your hand. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, what what, what are you trying to say right now? Um, He's like, you know, do any of them, like, fall in, like, love with... like? Or he said, like, is, like, is it tough to meet girls? Because I feel like... um. At the time, my friend group, I was actually a smoking cessation research and counselor at the Harvard Medical Center, but my floor of clinical research coordinators, it was like the smoking team and then the HIV team, and pretty much every of the clinical research coordinators that looked for the HIV team were like gay men and women. There wasn't a single straight person on that team. So my like 12 group of friends was like three women and nine gay friends who I hung out with. Mm. And my family knew that. And um, so they're like, well, you only like have gay friends you only go to gay bars like it must be tough to meet women and i was just like what like what's going on and uh in he kind of like kept pushing me he's like you know any of the guys fall in love with you do you ever like how do you respond when like a guy like really likes you like what do you do and like i've been lying to my parents since i was you know 12 or whatever however old you were since i was going out and drinking and doing all that shit but like for the first time ever like I like I froze and I could not usually I just lie my way out like I could not fucking lie and I was just like my I remember my heart racing through my chest and like I did not want to tell them yet I wanted to have everything figured out yet because even though I came out as bi I still didn't know whether that meant I was going to date a man or a woman I didn't know whether that meant I was going to have kids I didn't know like. I was not prepared for the influx of questions I knew was going to happen with my family because you would say anything and you get a million questions. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I, I don't have shit figured out, so I don't want to tell you until I have shit figured out. But because of this, I just like, I'm actually by, and my parents, my, like, my dad knew what he was like, yes, I was trying to get something out of you. I didn't know by, I assumed gay, but like, I was trying to get this out of you. And, like, we love you and we accept you. Um, they're like, who, who else in the family like knows? And then they got really hurt. Um, they're like, well, do your brothers know? I'm like, yeah, Alex, Alex, Nico know. Oh, does Taylor know? Which is my brother's wife who I'm very close with. And like, yeah, Taylor knows. And they've known for like literally five years that I've been hooking up with guys. Mm -hmm. Well, do my brothers know? Um, and I'm like, yeah, Andy and Paul know because they're gay and like they lived in Boston. So I'd be hanging out with them and like they met my boyfriends or people I was like dating. And she's like, who? She was just so hurt that she was the last person to know. And I was like, Mom, it, it's... She's like, you could have told me. We could have helped you. Why didn't you say it sooner? I was like, because I didn't know. Why'd you tell these people? Because I was figuring it out. She's like, well, you could have told us. I'm like, what? That I'm 19 and getting blackout and hooking up with guys? No, Mom. I couldn't have told you that. I love you. Mm-hmm. And like, no. I love you like, enough not to tell yeah, you that. Yeah, no. It's like, you couldn't have helped. You, you really couldn't have helped. And that's, and that's okay. And... But like, no, I'm... I mean, saying the story, like the fact that the only issue when I came out was the fact that I they were hurt that I didn't tell them sooner, mm-hmm. I think just speaks volumes to how accepting and loving they were. And did I, you feel bad? Or? No, I didn't feel yeah. bad. No, I mean, I, I I guess in a way I did, but like uh, that, that wasn't what it was about. Yeah. Um, and they've now been so supportive of me and I can come home with a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a partner or anything and they will not bat an eyelash. They would prefer Jewish is probably their one stipulation. <laughs> if not, they prefer Jewish kids at least. Um, but that's that's really, they, they don't care about uh, gender as much as that. <laughs> so that's a different story. But yeah. Did you get any pushback when you did come out from whether it was queer friends or the straight people who didn't know you like boys? Um, I mean, from my friends, 
friend I think it was it's we like if anyone and it's probably partly why I'm like the poster child for bisexuality and so, like if anyone would be bisexual it would be me like like if you knew me up until this point and you knew the way I engaged with men and you knew the way I engaged with women like people my friend group I didn't necessarily have the, like, oh, you have must secretly be gay thing from my friend group because my friend group knew me pretty. Some of them made jokes and were kind of obnoxious about it. But you have a lot of bi guys who are always just like, yeah, everyone always assumes that you're super gay. But if you knew me and my straight friends knew me and my gay friends knew me for a while, they're like, yeah, this actually makes sense for you. This actually uh. really checks out with kind of your behavior and your attractions and the way you speak. But it was in terms of meeting new people. When you would say you were bi and they'd be like, oh, that just means you're fucking gay or you're slut and all those negative stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And I think at the time, there's so much more bi visibility now than there was even six years ago. Yeah. Um, and, and it's huge. And so you now, I just like, found out David Bowie's bi. I just. Oh, and then he kind of he kind of <laughs> reneged on that, too. Like years later, he's like, I'm actually not bi. But we st- I'm, I'm just like, I'm the only finding but, out now. <laughs> but we still include him. Um, but. Yeah, so it was that, and it's also, there's a difference when you say you're bi when you're 22, which kind of, versus when you say you're bi now at 29. When you're 22, it's def- it's more difficult to come out as bi, or when you're 18, for the reason that you actually said earlier on in this podcast, when you're just like, you don't fucking know until you're 25. And the thing is, so p- they get that shit when you are 22 a lot more, so they're like, well, you don't fucking know because you're 22. And so, and someone might be telling you that because they're they actually just, they're trying to fuck you too. Yeah, they're like, yeah, you don't really know. You should just still yeah, come over, <laughs> come here. But it's like, so I, I feel like I got more flack when I was younger from people, in large part because there was less bi visibility, mm-hmm. because I was recently out, and also because I was twenty three or twenty four and hadn't done that much. But now. It could be that I've just created a circle of my life where I am so bisexual that, like, I do not get nearly as much flack. I also don't engage with trolls and commenters on Twitter who are just like, you're gay, you're straight. I'm like, I just don't respond. But, like, in my real life, because I am older and more confident in the way that I discuss it, uh, I feel like I get much less flack. And also, I again, I'm in New York in this poly (laughs) queer bubble of people who it's like... Like, the women I date specifically have a fetish for bi men. You know what I mean? Like, they love that about me as opposed to for years, I just didn't even date women because they wouldn't want to date me. Or, like, they claim they'd be fine with it. Then the second date I get ghosted, I'm like, everything was fine and I know I'm not misreading it. The only thing was that and it would come out later. They're like, yeah, I was just, like, uncomfortable with the fact that you were bi. Even though I used to make out with girls and hook up with girls all the time and have all these bi girlfriends. But because you're bi as a guy... And so I just specifically, I dated so many less women just because they did not want to date me. There's something about um, putting yourself in the circle of people, you, putting yourself in a specific dating pool. I don't, go, look, the dates I go on with someone who's like not openly, like on your Tinder profile saying that you're sex positive or throws GGG as like a marker or mm-hmm. is queer or something like that, like those usually don't go as well. Like maybe we make out a couple of times and that's about it, like that. I think there's a reason why all my ex all my ex partners are queer uh, yeah. because like those are the people I align with politically. Those are the people I align with ideologically about sexuality and like a lot of things. And like so, it's like people go like, "Hey, do you have a hard time dating for being like poly or non monogamous?" I go like, "Not really," because the people that like I surround myself with are two or they're at least open minded. It's I mean at this point I pretty much only date 
if I date women, I only date bi women, like mm-hmm. 100%. I'm not going to date a straight girl. Uh, it's never a hard no. And of course, the moment this like comes out, like the next day, I'll be in a relationship with a straight girl because that's just <laughs> how the world tends to work. <laughs> but I have not seriously dated a straight woman in so long. And I think I have no intention on doing mm-hmm. so. Um, Do you get a lot of pushback from queer men? Or I should, I should more specifically say, like, gay, gay men? men, yeah. Gay men are stupid. Uh, <laughs> so they like the fact that I'm hot and I'm good at sex and they don't care about anything <laughs> fucking else. Uh, no, I shouldn't say that. But, like, that is true. Like, um, and uh, and that's also... <laughs> I shouldn't say that, but it's true. It's true. Oh, no, but it's also... I, I have... But there are certain gay guys I've dated who will... It, they'll maybe st- like make consistent jabs or they have a fear that I'm going to leave them for a woman or that I'm not a completely part of the gay or queer community because I'm bi. And when that's the case, then I leave them. And I, I explain why I'm like, hey, I don't think you feel comfortable with my bisexuality. Um, and like, no, 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 I'm fine with them. Like, no, you you make too many underhanded jabs. Uh, you the way you kind of roll your eyes when I when I talk about an ex-girlfriend or the way that you really need to know it was an ex-boyfriend and not an ex-girlfriend, you don't feel comfortable with this or don't believe me or whatever it is, and I don't want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. So I, I do have that happen, but um, maybe it's in New York most gay guy Like, I don't know. It's also, a, do you want, a large part of it was I was only dating men for so long and maybe casually hooking up with women, and I've had... Usually the women in my life, I feel like we've just been having sex for like on and off for like a year or two. You know, it's like usually the mm. same people who are like friends. But I wonder now, as I've been dating more women, if I start dating more guys. Actually, there's one guy who I'm kind of seeing. And when I bring up women, he gets uncomfortable, mm-hmm. um, which is a talk. Is he gay in your body? Yeah, he's gay. And he doesn't like he's like. Yeah, we don't need to get into him. Uh, but <laughs> but like I do, I do. You know, I I, I bring it up uh, in part because like a reminder for everyone, like the whole bi erasure thing. From what I read from you, is that mm-hmm. like it's not just from straight people. Like no, you definitely get it. But that's like, why I feel so bad for y'all in particular because you get butt fucked by both yeah, sides. It's it's weird, and I'm noticing this now as I'm embracing. As I yeah, I was always accepted in the gay community because I was always dating men for a, since I in essence moved to New York, mm-hmm. and then when I started dating women. I would notice that all these friend groups or these people that I was a part with, even though they always knew I was bi, even though I've spoken about exes, it became different when I brought around a girl, let's mm. say. And immediately um, the vibe changed. And I also understand that. I do understand in a way just being like, this is a group of gay men and now you're bringing a girl into this. And even though this is your partner, that does change the dynamic. But for the record, every woman that I bring in who I date is super fucking cool and like not shitty, you know, but I do understand the dynamic and it changes. Um, But it's yeah, it's it's tough. It, it, It can be really tough. And that's why I really like I've found like a very bi like that's why I love NSFW, which I don't I don't know if we said on the. Uh, that part will well, not have, uh, have that, made that, it that in, so, so yeah. new society for wellness which is kind of like this like sex club and i yeah we've had daniel on yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah daniel's yeah. on it and it really is and i want daniel to rebrand it as a bi sex club i really think he should just fucking call it that because i think it would be cooler and it really is more accurate but like it is i go there and there's something different about being surrounded by 20 bi people mm-hmm. you're never in a fucking space where you're surrounded by 20 bi people um, and it's 20 by people who are not there to talk about like necessarily being bisexual. They're just there to exist and be and 
you know, hook up. Like I it's mean, not a like a time. bi party. It's, it's just like, a party that happens. That and that, a lot of bi people, and yeah. you know, a lot of people are fucking because that's the yeah. space. But even when it's not, like you know, they'll do um potlucks and shit like that, and it's just like, oh, I'm just like get chilling and getting drinks with 20 bi people and it's you can talk about your previous partners and your guys and girls and gender queer people that you've dated and it's just like they get it they've been there there's something so nice to be with someone who you're just not it's not just that they're accepting you they understand you and they've gone through similar experiences so i really relish and cherish this community at nsfw not even for the sex itself although i've had some very fucking hot sexy Mm -hmm. times there but for the bi community that it creates, because otherwise before that, I'm always do feel like I have my straight friends and I have my gay friends and it, it is somewhat code switching. Although I've again, I'm like as far as people code switch, I do it the least of anyone because I've created a life of being bi. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I don't think code switching is that bad of a thing. I think it gets a bad rap. I th- you know, like, I mean, I, I, like I, I, sh- I should be code switching when I'm going to be traveling through certain communities to show my respect for said community. I mean, that's going to be different from your angle, but I don't think code switching is bad in terms of like, Oh, you're being dishonest. I think code switching is difficult for the person doing it. Oh, okay. Issue with it for me. It's, it's exhausting going back from being gay to being straight, to being gay, to being straight when you're just fucking by, you know Mm. what I mean? And it's, I don't want to do that. I don't enjoy having to only show one aspect of my identity or feel like I can't talk about this with these people. And I, yeah, I, I, that's for me, maybe I don't have a quite the understanding of it, but I think it, I think it's exhausting for the person doing it. Mm. And I think, I think that's the issue. Shit. It sounds like it. Yeah. So what's been this, uh, you said you like, you started dating women more now. Yes. So is there like, um, was it just like one day you were like, I, th- I think I've been needing no, more, the, like, the like irony, what's going on? The irony with this is I was talking to my therapist and we're looking back at our past relationships and it was like, yeah, I seem to have had healthier and better relationships with men than I have with women. Hmm. And so like moving forward, like, okay, we know this information. Maybe let's try, as I'm starting to date, let's try to prioritize this. Zachary, are are you experimenting with women? <laughs> I mean, guys, I, guys I'm, I'm straight now. Oh, uh, I don't know if you know this. I'm a straight oh. man. Um but it sounds like you're you you want to get that data. No, of, but no, but of, what's hilarious was I did not like. I literally after I was like, okay, let me try to. Pres- I, then I just happened to meet girls who I really fucking liked. But of course, like that's how it would happen after you have this revelation of being like, you know, just just because you've had some negative experience doesn't mean that all your experiences mm-hmm. in the future will be. But just was kind of something I understood and there there are reasons why i typically have an easier time dating men than women i think it's because there aren't the same gender roles expected within that um you know also feel much more a part of the queer community like when it's like i'm holding a man's hand it's i'm i'm visibly queer Mm -hmm. versus when i'm holding the hand of a woman i am not visibly queer and that bothers me i want to be visibly queer Mm -hmm. i want to be if you wear that fanny pack uh you will always be visibly Uh, that is i promise (laughs) i promise we know i mean that's also in a way when i date women i often end up uh dressing even more queer and you turn it up a bit i think just to make that clear and then what ends up happening and this is very frustrating is i'm so often uh perceived as their gay best friend and and that's just like it's just kind of annoying and i remember like going out to certain spaces and like guys will start flirting with me i'm like oh i'm here with my girlfriend and like, I think a uh, girlfriend, girlfriend I'm like, not, no, this is like literally my girlfriend. Like, like I stick is, it in her girlfriend. Yeah, like, I stick it in, oh. And even they get that and they're like, oh, okay. And they just don't care. They just generally don't care mm-hmm. versus I'm like, yeah, if I was dating a big dude and I said, this is my boyfriend, like 
you'd, you'd back the fuck off. And right. I would like you to back the fuck off right now because I'm on a date with someone. But like, yeah, that that's not a great feeling necessarily either going out and just always being like, yeah. And then there's the issue of going into a gay space as even though she's bi, so she's welcome. You're both supposed too. to be in the space. But yeah, yeah, we're both supposed to be queer, but also being like, well, this is a gay space and it is slightly different, you know, bringing in a woman like, okay, now I'm kissing my girlfriend in a gay space and we just appear to be the straight person. Oh, so you guys should go to a straight bar, but it's like, I fucking hate straight bars. So no, I don't feel comfortable there either. Which is speaks to the need for more bi-specific spaces. There we go. How do you handle the fucking exhaustion of all that? I don't know. I mean, I'm tired I, hearing I mean, it. I'm tired talking you know, about it. Um, it. Like I like it hurts. You know, it, it sounds. It, it um, just sounds exhausting. Well, first of all, I haven't been dating for a year, so now all yeah. of a sudden you got me very uh, unexcited about Aww. dating again. But no, I think the way you do it is well. Again, there's a reason I end up dating more men or non-binary people, but it's also it's about being having your friends in your community you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so yes i'm dating someone new and they're open and chill with everything but like i still have my friend group i go out with them i feel comfortable with them these are the people that love me these are people that affirm me for being bisexual these are people that are bisexual themselves and so it makes just life and even dating you know a lot easier when you have a good and supportive friend group uh by your side it's in you know one of the the last things I was I had and I, I had written down the word and then you started talking about <clears throat> what I pers- what I think I heard was feeling worried about what other people thought of you or how they perceived you uh, if you were there with a woman I think is what I was hearing yeah but I had previously written down this word confidence because you were talking about how like maybe people don't give you as much shit about being bi because like you say things confidently. You also like, you know, you are, um, you're kind of big in this, like you are tall, you I broad shoulders, space. Yeah. space you speak good. confidently and clearly, like you're not going to be shy about saying your thing. I, I, that's advice I give to people coming out as bi. When I said, even if you're not sure with your identity, but you want to label yourself as bi, say it confidently, mm-hmm. say it like you fucking known for years. And don't say it like you have cancer. Like, because there's some people who will be like, I have something to tell you. I'm bisexual. It's like, why would you say it like that? So when you say it more confidently, I tell people, like, fake it, even if you're not, because you're going to get less flack from other people. If you leave any crack open, like, people are going to... Ugh, that was a bad analogy. But if you just say it with any <laughs> lack of confidence... Uh, people like, oh, I think I'm bi. Never fucking say I Mm-mm. think I'm bi because then you are just opening things up for conversation. People like, well, here's why you're not. Oh, well, I've been dead. No, you just I am bisexual. Say it. Say it clearly. Say it confidently. And you're just going to get less flack. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hope that for people. I mean, people don't. Yeah. Sorry, brain fart. Um, yeah, fine. God damn it, Zach. I mean, you're just so inspired. Oh, my God. That's I'm like lounging. Sorry. I'm like... <laughs> he is uh, incredibly spread out. I take up space. <laughs> I, like, I have been definitely... People have been like, you are man-spreading on this fucking... Tra-. And I'm like, yes, you are right. I'm sorry. I am a large person. And I naturally take up space, but I will definitely stop man-spreading. You are 100% correct. I'm sorry. I definitely... Uh, yes. A lot of limbs. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, man. I mean, look, I, and I'm sorry if I brought brought it down and made you not want to be dating. Again. Oh no! Once but I start no. having sex, I'm like, yes, I love this. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, are you switching the apps or? Um, well, now it's weird. Uh, I've been like meeting people through friends still. I the only app I really use seriously is Instagram for sure, uh, which is not a dating app, but like a hundred percent is mm. a dating app. 
Um, and that's the last people I've been like dating for the most. That's the only one I'm on currently. Um, but the other people I've been able to meet, because I just finally have started meeting people these last two yeah. months. When you go to that birthday party on a patio, okay, you actually met someone. And you're like, and we were just outside with talking to each other anyway without a mask yeah. and like you're friends of a friend. See, it just feels safer even if it's not. But like, then you can like see them again. So I've been meeting people IRL again. It's not that I'm opposed to dating apps or I'm above dating apps. It's a hundred percent not it. I've definitely met people via dating apps. I just noticed that with dating apps, you have to, it's more exhausting and I get fatigued so much more because if you meet someone IRL and you had a good conversation with them and you like them, then okay, there's a likelihood of that happening versus so often with a dating app, You've been chatting forever. You get there within the first minute. You're like, fuck, I don't like this person. And you want to leave. And then it happens so often. So it's just like, I, I just don't like dating apps because I feel like it's exhausting. And you so seldom meet the people you want versus IRL. You just, you meet them and you like them and you had a fun time one night. So you ask them out first. Let's actually have an official date. The odds of it going better are like way higher. So that's why mm. I tend to do that. Well, I wish you all the uh, the great success in Thank this dating you. endeavor now that you're uh, re-entering the, the dating you. pool. I mean, hide your kids, hide your wife. Uh, I'm going to be breaking hearts. No, um, we'll see. <laughs> but, also, what... yeah, but you, also have, uh, you also have your other new love in your life. You got a book you're doing. I do. Finally, I think we're finally, my agent and I are ready to submit it out. We're trying to figure out if we're going to beat the fall rush or what we're going to do. But that's a great title. Oh, the title's called Boy Slut. Man Whore Podcast loves a book called Boy Slut. I know, really, I feel like we have to have, we have to have come back on. Like, yes, when the book's bo- ready to come out, come back. We'll do a little segment, the promo. I mean, Man Whore Boy Slut combo is, I feel like, an iconic epic combo right there. This, this, something needs to happen. Um, but yeah, it's a collection of personal essays. It's nonfiction. It's like a memoir manifesto. And I'm talking about queer identity and male sexuality. And I speak a lot to kind of the way that men are fucked up due to hypermasculinity and due to sexuality. And I feel like so much of the conversation right now in terms of like understanding oneself and sexuality is really catered towards women. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have this and you see this in terms of like magazines and publications that like, you know, Cosmo, Bustle, Glamour, uh, Well and Good, uh, Refinery29, they have all these conversations about sex and sexuality. So I feel like we're creating this like incredibly like woke i hate that word but maybe like sexually smart and independent group of women right now who like have their shit together but they're still dating the same like fucking men who don't have their shit together and if you plan on continuing to date men you need to have men involved in this conversation and i think speaking to men i I exist in an interesting place because i write for men's health and i've i feel like i've figured out a good way to speak with and address you know, straight men are hypermasculine in a way that's not necessarily threatening, um, but they'll also listen to and potentially change their mind understanding like, hey, you've kind of been fucked over by these expectations society has put on you as well. And you don't have to live by those. And not only will you be happier, you're going to treat people better. They'll be happier. This is a win-win for everyone involved. So it's a lot of about how I learned to unfuck myself. Yeah. Um, the original title, which we're going to have to change it with Boy <laughs> Slut, How I Unfucked Myself by Fucking Everyone. Was <laughs> what? The title. That's a great title. For the subtitle. because, But that doesn't, when we switched not it from. Not marketable. Uh, uh, no, no. It's not that we switched it from memoir to memoir manifesto. So it has to not, that just reads like, oh, I'm telling my own stories. As opposed oh, to, gotcha, gotcha. I'm a writer. I give advice. I also am like a cultural critic. Can I call myself? Self-proclaimed <laughs> cultural critic. But like, you know, I, I write about these things. I'm kind of providing it's not a strict gotcha. memoir so it has to have something that 
illustrates that's not just strictly me talking about like i fucked people and from fucking people i learned how to like not be a shitty yeah it's crazy because like how (laughs) fucked up are men like as a gender with toxic masculinity it's like like, we're the we need the most help men need the most fucking help and that's why this book is about yeah and but like just to harken back kind of almost like book and it's like I only I think I only, I question my gender as much as I do, mostly because I'm like, I don't feel like I am like a toxic like I don't have I've been shedding a lot of the toxic masculinity and and noticing other qualities about myself that I'm like, oh, just not being toxic. Maybe I'm not a guy like it's, that almost like being a man means toxic. Yeah, that's yes, I, I think that's 100 percent correct. I think like literally masculinity is somewhat synonymous with toxic masculinity Mm -hmm. at this point and to be a man you have to embody all these negative traits and characteristics which should not be inherent in what it means to be a man so you if you find yourself you know people will ridicule you if you're just being i feel like a good non-toxic man you'll be called a fucking faggot or gay or whatever it is you're just like no i'm just like not treating women like (laughs) shit That is like all if that's I'm gay, doing. then I'm pretty gay. <laughs> yeah, if that's I don't gay, know. Then like yes, and it sounds so stupid, <laughs> yeah. but like, yeah, men need help. Uh, and it so, sounds like you're here and to help. I'm them. here to help them. Oh God, uh, kill me now, please. Well, um, uh, you know, Zach, if uh, people want to, you know, I don't know, find you on Instagram and hit on you, it seems like that's yeah. your dating app. Uh, yeah, it's please, both content and dating. Please do uh, send butt pics. That's probably the best way to get my attention. <laughs> um, no, but the best way uh, is to follow me on, like Twitter and Instagram. That's where I post a feel like a good combination of thirst traps and articles and advice. So it's a, it's really that fine balance. But um. So Zachary Zane underscore Z-A-C-H-A-R-Y-Z-A-N-E and then an underscore at the end. There is some punk who's like 12 who has Zachary Zane, all these accounts that does not use it. And I'm like, hello, sir. I will buy you out. You are 13 years old. You don't know. I have a concept of what money is. Get you a new Nintendo DS. Let's talk. Uh, And he's like, no, dude. I'm like, you're not even on this. I can buy you porn, cigarettes. What vice can I get you with my age? Yeah. Do do you want like some like old? He's like, no. We have the internet. How old are you, sir? (laughs) I do not want a porno mag. Come on, dude. I'm like, fair enough. Um, But. Yeah, so that's that. Um, Fantastic. And uh, check out your, your column in Men's Health, uh, yeah. Sexplain It. Yeah, Men's Health, Sexplain It. If you Google that, that'll come up. I also share all of it on Twitter and Instagram. So that's kind of the best way to follow my work, see me, and also get in touch with me. Fantastic. Well, Zach, thanks for coming on. Thanks for chatting. Thanks yeah. for taking up so much space. I <laughs> Yeah, as I'm like, <laughs> please do. Look, the world keeps trying to confine you. Please allow in my apartment, take up as yeah. much space as you need. Oh, God, the <laughs> the man who's trying to tell man how to live, who's still who's still taking up fucking space. <laughs> oh, God, I'm the worst. Um, why don't you say uh, why don't you go ahead and say, uh, tell everybody goodbye? All right. Goodbye, you guys. <laughs> Zachary Zane is a goddamn dessert snack treat. Whatever the respectful way to say goddamn delight is, that's what I'm trying to say. Did you feel the same? Don't you didn't didn't you just want to be on the couch with us if there if he left any room on the couch for you to sit? Wouldn't you like to join us? <laughs> well, we would like to know what you thought about this week's episode. Share the podcast on social media with your friends. Don't forget to tag us. I'm on Twitter at the Billy I'm on Instagram at Billy is And are you looking to shop for some man whore merch? Oh, then I got you covered. 
head on over to the Man Whore Podcast Facebook fan page and fill up your cart with some goodies. Um, this is actually a really exciting announcement. Now they got the social media things out the way. I am looking to launch a brand new podcast. I am launching a new podcast called No Judgment. Strangers reading other strangers, sex, dating, and love stories and reacting to them. And if you uh, have a true, genuine story about sex or love or dating that you want to share, that you are curious, how would people react to them when they read them? Then you need to shoot me an email at manwhorepod at gmail.com. You do not need to have your story ready or written. Right now, we're just trying to gather interest from those of you who would like to participate as a story writer or as a reader and reactor. All of this will be done anonymously unless you tell me you would like to be public and plug some shit. Uh, So one more time, if you're interested, please shoot me an email with the subject line, no judgment to manwhorepod at gmail.com. I'll probably tell you more about it next week. Um... In the meantime, I'm kind of horny because uh, I only I got about like you know 25 percent of a blowjob from Megan before I left her place today. So I am you know if any of you want to come flirt with me on the OnlyFans, come come take advantage of all this pent up sexual energy that I need to release all over my floor or like within a fantasy your face. Come follow me on OnlyFans for free at OnlyFans.com/slash Call Me Billy. Last but certainly not least, the Patreon. Look, that's what's keeping the lights on over here at the podcast. So uh, if you want to become a member, you want to connect with like-minded listeners, you want to enjoy a bonus episode library of nearly 200 extra episodes. If you want to join us for the Man Whore Munch on September 20th, head on over to patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. Ooh, next week, I'm excited. We're going to have on comedian Kelsey Kane. Go to YouTube and search Penis CK just to get yourself started. And then tune back in next week to join me and Kelsey while we all stay slutty. Go Jets! The Man War Podcast is sponsored by HotMovies.com. Try out some ethical, paid-for porn for free with none of those hidden fees or secret subscriptions when you sign up at HotMovies.com and use the promo code MANHORE.